Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest Outsports Podcast. This is Sid Ziegler coming at you from Los Angeles and actually joined today by Ann Agonis, you can play project, former athlete of the University of Pennsylvania. Anna, are you in New York? Uh, hey, Sid. Uh, yes, uh, right now I am in New York. Anna just moved to New York um, for personal and professional reasons, and you got you were you were in the Philadelphia area for your whole life, or just your a whole adult life? Uh. I was in I was a Pennsylvanian my my whole life. Uh, Pennsylvanians tend to not move, so I uh, moved from Bucks County and then Philly, pretty much uh, diehard Philadelphia, and then now I'm in New York. You're living in Brooklyn, right? I'm in the Bronx. The Bronx. Have you found Have you found a favorite restaurant yet? Uh, there's a couple uh, corner restaurants that I like, but uh, I'm, I'm undecided as of now. It's my favorite spot. <laughs> Do you get it? Do you do you get into the into Manhattan a lot? Uh, a bit, a bit. Uh, we'll have meetings uh, for you can play. A lot of the the sports offices are, are downtown, so more and more I'll, I'll be in Manhattan. Uh, but for right now, I'm kind of uh, all over the place a little bit as I'm settling in. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a list of restaurants because there's some there's some oh, obviously please. some great little places. Some like a there's this place called Mamoons. If do you like falafel? I love waffle. It's I this place do down by NYU, and it is—it's kind of famous, and and it's like a, a falafel and chicken sandwich for like two fifty. I'm not kidding. It's where all the students go. So. And, well, and uh, so I, I like the idea of a student budget, so I'll, uh, I'll take any <laughs> I, advice. Definitely. <laughs> a two dollar fifty cent sandwich in Manhattan—that—that's a miracle. Exactly. Speaking of miracles, <laughs> the last time we did an Outsports podcast. Two weeks ago, um, soccer was barely an afterthought in American sports fans' minds. And and all of a sudden, because uh, a bunch of women did some incredible things over the last two weeks, everybody was talking about soccer. I mean, you'd have to be, well, you'd have to be not on Twitter to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to avoid it on Twitter, what what was your like big takeaway from from this whole tournament? Were you a soccer fan before this World Cup? Is soccer something that kind of comes in and out of your life as World Cups come around? Uh, so actually, I before I ran track and field, I was a, a, also a, a lifelong soccer player. So uh, pretty much since I could, you know, walk, uh, I was playing soccer, travel soccer. Um, tournaments most weekends uh, up until I was a sophomore in high school. And um, I remember going to a uh, Philadelphia charge, which was the team when it was the league of uh, WUSA, which folded in uh, 1999. Um, and, and that was my experience with, you know, seeing, you know, my excitement as a, as a young girl with the World Cup and uh, women's soccer and then for the league to fold. Um, so, you know, just being a soccer player up until high school, I've, I've, you know, been a fan of soccer, always have uh, enjoyed watching the game, and especially I love watching the World Cup, and uh, I love watching them in the Olympics as well. So 
uh, I'd say definitely I'm, I've been a fan before um, this year in the game. Well, just a quick shout-out. Anybody who wants to call in and chat with Anna and me about soccer, women's World Cup, women's sports, we are at 347-945-7834. 347-945-7834. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of interesting. that this, this World Cup, to me, raises those two big issues, soccer and, and women's sports. And, you know... We complain a lot about both of those things not getting enough attention in the American media. And for me, it was, you know, every, every, four, every well, I guess, I'm trying to think, the men's every four years, whenever the World Cup, men or women's, comes along, I end up glued to my TV set. I mean, the women played seven matches. I watched probably four of them start to finish and at least part of the other three. And I don't I, – I, I, I don't know if it's just uh, my patriotism or what, but when that World Cup rolls around, uh, I don't care if it's 12-year-olds playing. I want to watch those athletes play. And I, I think I, there are a lot of sports fans out there who are like me, who are addicted to football and addicted to basketball. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, that soccer, I, I don't know if it's just because they're wearing USA on their jerseys, but whatever, those mm-hmm. I get glued to my set for these matches. Am I just... Am I missing something about soccer? Should I be watching yeah. more of it? Yeah. I mean, I think with any of, you know, the major men's league sports and, you know, I think a lot of it becomes a, kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like, you know logically that the game is this, it's the same game, but when there's a ton of fans and excitement and it's about patriotism in your country uh, and, you know, Basically, you know, everyone's there, everyone's watching, the stakes are high, um, it makes it more valuable. And I think that what we saw with the World Cup and it being on Fox and all the viewers that it got, it, it kind of disproved that, that myth of, you know, you know, what you've written about, that it's not interesting or that people don't care. It's obvious that people care, but um, I think it's, women's sports aren't presented to us in, in the same way that um, men's sports are presented. And the research even shows that when you have uh, in college the media guides, um, they show oftentimes men's teams, there's people packed in the stands. And with women's teams, it's kind of more solitary photos. Uh, they don't have the same, um, you know, subtle message of, of support. And I think those things uh, subconsciously make a difference to us because we all want to be a part of something and something really exciting. Well, it's interesting you talk about having a stake in it and, you know, Again, putting that American jersey on, all of a sudden I'm interested. Uh, I know with, with a lot of men's sports, fantasy has driven a ton of interest. I could sit here, I mean, do I really care if the Detroit Lions beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or not? Not really. I, I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm interested in football, American football. I don't care about those two teams. But all of a sudden, if I have Calvin Johnson in in, in my fantasy mm-hmm. football team, all of a sudden I'm interested. And mm-hmm. it does, it, and it's that kind of that vested interest that, that draws us so much to these, to these World Cup matches. Yeah, and um, I think what's exciting that we saw that's very recent is uh, the FIFA games that now will include uh, female athletes. And I know that there were kind of, you know, some sexist comments <laughs> that we saw on social media, but I do think, I wonder if, you know, people really kind of, 
having that connection, whether it's fantasy or whether it's video games, matters. And I, I think that the story that we tell about athletes also draws us in. Um, in addition to fantasy, you're also, you know, you have a stake in it when you're in fantasy, but when you also, when you know someone's story, we feel like you know them, I think it also puts a stake in the game. Well, yeah, that's what NBC does, the Olympics, right? I mean, these, and, and, and actually Fox did before, I mean, the, for the hour or so leading up to that, that, that final against Japan, I mean, it was these, you know, these long interviews and background mm-hmm. pieces. You got to know yeah. the players. And I mean, NBC does that to the hilt. And so you end up sitting there watching the biathlon, caring about who wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting, you know, because because there is not as much coverage of women's sports and not as much coverage of uh, athletes who play women's sports, we just don't get vested in these people's lives the way we do with 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 a lot of the men who get all this coverage. I never really thought about that, but it really it's it's kind of it is a self fulfilling prophecy because we don't get to know these athletes better. They're just they're just letters on the back of a jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would imagine that maybe the same you know man that doesn't want to watch <laughs> you know women's soccer might, you know, drop everything to go and be at his daughter's soccer tournament, right? Or, you know, if, you know, a a guy who's dating someone, you know, doesn't care, but then they're an athlete or they're involved and, uh, you know, or, you know, a girlfriend has, her girlfriend starts playing a sport and now she cares about sports. So um, I definitely think the the personal matters and uh, I think when when networks decide to show women's sports similar to the, the action and the excitement and the personal stories, we see that pay off. The, the question is, I think we've gotten used to kind of having women's soccer be, you know, somewhat like the Olympics as this special designated time, um, despite all the articles that say, you know, we want more, we want more women's soccer, we want to see it like this. Um, how can we get that to translate, you know, into actually seeing women's soccer games the way that we see men's soccer games or, you know, other professional teams. Well, one of the interesting things is, um, you know, the dynamic of women's tennis. You know, women's mm-hmm. tennis has achieved, uh, a, you know, a very similar fan base to men's tennis. In fact, I, I, I personally prefer watching men's tennis. It's just a, it's a more enjoyable um, style of game. Uh, certainly you have powerhouses like Serena who rack up aces, but the men's game is just like, uh, it's it's ace or it's two volleys and the points over and mm-hmm. the women's game is just so much more interesting to me, and mm-hmm. and and the women's game is, gets a lot of attention in in professional mm-hmm. tennis, and mm-hmm. I, so a couple of years ago I did this presentation at UCLA looking at sexism in sports media coverage and one of the things I looked at specifically was how women are portrayed on the cover of Sports Illustrated and I and I looked at over the years how that has changed. Um, from mm-hmm. just you know recreational athletes in the 50s and 60s, and you had um, the, the sexy portrayals at one point. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that I noticed was the only sport that consistently got coverage in women's sports on the cover of Sports Illustrated was tennis, because mm-hmm. it's Wimbledon in particular. Uh, doesn't compete with the NBA, NHL, or NFL. So when the editors at at at, at Sports Illustrated, anytime they get the mm-hmm. opportunity to put one of those sports on the cover, they're going to. 
And the mm-hmm. summer is just this opportunity to, to do it. And it's the only time they ever put women on the cover is when the men just aren't playing basketball or football. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that kind of goes to um, a sort of idea that men's and women's sports, are, it's almost like a zero-sum game. And, you know, when I think that really, you know, they can exist separately and be mutually beneficial. You know, in my, in my opinion, the more popular women's soccer gets, the more soccer in general would get um, for everyone. And so I think that that's a really interesting point that you brought up about, you know, timing and, and kind of the, the competing. And what's interesting about tennis and a lot of the highest-paid female athletes is that they're part of individual sports. And what I and in terms of how much money they make, uh, those are the most successful ones. And I don't think we have a good corporate model yet for how we're making women's leagues, women's teams, like basketball, uh, soccer, and other major sports, the, the teams, not, you know, individual sports, into profitable and uh, sustainable. You know, the fact that the league has folded, you know, twice and uh, we're on the third round of uh, women's professional soccer in the United States, uh, I think it's definitely caused for us to kind of rethink how do we do that. That that is super interesting. That um, yeah, um, uh, the, the women's professional leagues largely have not been able to succeed. The WNBA has the backing of the NBA, and that's interesting. That that the model itself might have to be a little bit different. And yeah, it's um, you know I know for, on Outsports, you know July is generally. Across the internet, but but for for out sports as well, the worst month of the year for 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 internet traffic. People are on vacation. There's just not a, yeah. You have you have the the you have Wimbledon. You have the baseball all star game. There's just not a lot going on in the sports world this year because of the women's World Cup. I will tell you, in in the first nine days of the mm-hmm. month this year, we have more than doubled our traffic from the entire month of July last year. And that is entirely based on our coverage of frankly, the, 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 uh, the LGBT people who were involved, whether it was Megan Rapinoe and Abby Wambach and, and all the other folks, we just kind of focused on that and focused a little bit. We had Joe, Joanna Lohman uh, blogging for us about women's soccer. And, And because so few other places were doing that, we got, when I say crazy traffic, for us, it was, it was crazy traffic. So there, there is definitely an, an appetite out there for it. And it's just, it's, it's you know, just not just for the women's coverage, but coverage of LGBT athletes, too. I think, I think this, this, this the World Cup really highlighted the presence of both. And it's just, it's just, it's just surprising to me that, that more publications have not kind of figured this out and embraced it. Hmm. Do you mean with the LGBT portion of it um, and kind of that uh, attention, or or just I women sports in general? Hmm. I think yeah. both. I think I think I think this was this was the um, convergence of both. I mean, you had Abby Wambach and Megan Rapinoe, certainly two of the highest profile players on the team. Both of them are out. The head coach Jill Ellis was out, and our coverage of those just those three drove a lot. But beyond that, I think. You know, if you look at the look at the TV rating, it was the most watched soccer match in American history. Yeah. Uh, and and 
and, and I, I think that, you know, I, I think editors and media don't give enough credit to, to, to women in sports that they just, there's just this assumption that men don't want to, to watch it or men are not interested in it. But if you, if you put it in front of them and you put compelling stories around it, then, then they will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, I know that the Dave Zarin article is something we wanted to talk about too. I mean, and he, you know, pretty much expresses the sentiment that I've had, which is <laughs> I'm sick of, you know, trying to convince people that we should care about women's sports. You know, women's sports are sports. We shouldn't have to defend them or tell people to care about them. Yet we find ourselves, you know, kind of, again, in that self-fulfilling prophecy of, of talking about it and, and almost, you know, reinforcing when we say you should care. Um, and, I, and I do it all the time. Um, and it, you know, sometimes it just feels like, you know, here are the stats like you're saying, you know, we had the most, you had the most traffic in July on Outsports, and it was because of these stories, you know, uh, why didn't we, we capitalize on it? And why, well, why aren't we future, uh, why are we choosing to capitalize on this? And I, I did a little bit of research and, um, you know, kind of fa- found some similarities between this moment and in 1999 when, again, it was, you know, huge ratings. Um, there was an article um, that uh, Jolie Saudi just put out, and it was basically about how, you know, she said that if you would have asked her in 1999 where, what's the future of the Women's World Cup, she, she would have guessed that, you know, it would have inspired, you know, such big change, and we wouldn't be in the same financial position that we're in now. So I think, you know, it, it's to be determined if people kind of see what you and I are talking about, which is that, look, if you put women's soccer in front of people and present it in this way, it, it's going to, you know, attract attention. And if you talk about these athletes, the LGBT athletes, that's also going to bring uh, positive press and positive attention. Well, I think, you know, part of the problem with with this, and, and I want definitely want to talk about Dave Zirin's point, and, um, uh, but part of the problem is soccer. That, that that is part of the reason that it didn't take off because you know Americans just when you look at the popularity of sports I mean baseball basketball football hockey tennis auto racing I mean there there are many sports that come ahead of the, the soccer when you ask people what your favorite sport is and I think you know, if it was American football, I think that would that might be, and it was, and the women are presented in the way that they're presented on Fox during the World Cup. I, mm-hmm. I think that you might have the opportunity to, to to take off. But you know, just like last year with the men's World Cup, I mean, do you re- remember the first match they played the, the men last year? One, a player had this game-saving goal, and people thought, "Oh, he's going to be a superstar." Do you remember his name? I don't. Nope. And I think that's because nope, it's because so- it's, it's mm-hmm. soccer. Yeah. And I think that that's that's part of the that's part of the reason. Mhm. Yeah, definitely. But Dave, you know, it's funny. Dave talked about I'm tired of defending women's sports and and telling people, you know, you should pay attention. My take was a little bit different. Mine was you're just an idiot for not doing it. I mean, that, that, that comment by Andy, I don't know if it's Benoit or Benoit from, from Sports Illustrated saying, oh, you know, oh, no women's sports are worth watching. You're just, you're just an idiot. You missed out 
on you've missed out on incredible sporting events. I mean, I remember the Yana Nevada Steffi Graf Wimbledon final was one of the great sports memories of my life. And and sitting here in my kitchen with my partner Dan, and and he doesn't care about sports at all. Watching, he was aghast as the as the goals just racked up in in that championship game. You're you're just you're an idiot to me if you just mm-hmm. discount this entire yeah. class of people from playing sports. Mhm. No, I'm I'm completely with you, and I, I you can definitely sense the, the frustration, and you know that it, it doesn't it doesn't make any logical sense. And uh, you know, you yourself have written about you know that what other reason other is than not if you are a soccer fan, you decide not to watch, you know, the women's game. It, what else could be aside from sexism, right? And so you know, calling that out, I think, and and I think what's great about Dave's piece and your piece and Robbie Rogers and there's been more male allies I think than than I had seen before who are kind of calling on FIFA to you know have equal pay or saying you know this is really great television this is really great sports you all should be watching this and and I I do think that's really exciting um, you know to to see and uh, you know that that's hopeful but I think again I was we talked about it's it's not portraying these athletes sometimes is just female athletes, they're athletes, and, and this is, you know, elite-level sports that we're watching. Well, there's, a, there's a, something you learn, everybody learns when, they're, when they go through a, a college writing class, and it's this idea of show, don't tell. And, and to me, that's what Dave's column really was about, that I'm tired of telling you you need to be paying mm-hmm. more attention to women's sports. I'm going to focus on showing you from now on. I'm going to focus on highlighting the stories of these athletes and the incredible matches and games that they participate in and their incredible accomplishments. I'm not going to tell you anymore that you need to pay attention. I'm going to show you why you should. And I, to me, I thought that was the real power of his piece, that uh, that you know, not, beyond frustration, just as a tool for making change, continuing to tell people they should do something doesn't work. You have to show them why. Yeah, and uh, if we don't see a reason why we should change or look at something differently, we might not see it, you know, as important. And you know, I agree with that. My my thought is that you know, if you know, if we're showing them, you know, if this if this World Cup game doesn't show, show some people. Um, how amazing these female athletes are, how amazing it is when you support women in sports, I'm not sure where to go next. Um, You know, because this is such, you know, the hat trick of Carly Lloyd, just the the displays of sportsmanship that we saw with the the women in between the teams. And, you know, I'm I'm curious, how do we, if this doesn't show people, you know, how do we, how do we keep showing people that this is valuable? Well, honestly, you know that that final game to me wasn't the best game. That semifinal against Germany, that was that was off the hook. I mean, the missed penalty kick by Germany, and uh, it was the the drama around that that gets continued to permeate that game. That game was incredible. You could you could watch that final game and say, ah, I've seen this before. Seahawks, Broncos, you know, blowout. You know, one team just overmatched. That Germany game, that was crazy talk. That you, no soccer fan could watch that game and not say, "This is one of the best games I've ever seen." 
It was definitely dramatic. I uh, I was watching it with some some people on a you know people who weren't even necessarily biggest soccer fans, and they were they were wrapped in uh, because you know even even those you don't understand the game, you understand when it comes down to the final moment how and how scary that is, and you know the thrill of, of winning after all of that drama. One of the things that that we I read about a lot on Outsports is. Uh, the line I use all the time is football is king. In America, football is king. Half of Americans call football their favorite sport, and the other half are all the other, whatever, 40 sports all combined. And I wonder how much, if, 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 if there was a, a really a viable women's tackle American football league, I wonder if there's an opportunity there because you know american sports fans have become so addicted to the big hits and the smashes and and, and the rise of ufc is an, is another one and, and some of the women are making you know incredible inroads in ufc i wonder if if american football is one of the keys to helping break through this Um, I was thinking about that as you were, you know, kind of talking about the major sports. And just, I guess, from my anecdotal experience, I, when I tell people, you know, as a kid, I used to want to play football. And but obviously, you know, there was no opportunities for me, um, you know, unless I wanted to be a kicker because I played soccer. And, you know, I, I feel like whenever I would say that, they, they fear for my safety. You know, <laughs> even if I were to say, oh, you know, it's with um, – other other you know women um and i know rugby is gaining popularity um i i would you know just guess that you know for us it's going to be um basketball and baseball and you know maybe later down the road hockey maybe before football just because we don't have that infrastructure yet for um for women to play football really unless they kind of go, you know, outside the lines and want to be kickers or petition their school. It's, it's, I think all the barriers right now structurally and the lack of um, the, the concept, but, uh, you know, I love the idea, the, the concept of it to, to kind of maybe try and push things forward. Um, but just I would I would guess that, you know, um, there's a, a, I think she's 16 now, uh, a French woman who is uh, put, being put, I believe, on the MLB uh, list. Um right. To, to look at and you know that's that's one of those things where you can kind of think to yourself well that's not a contact sport as much you know they're obviously sliding spaces but it's not you know that's something where you know could we have um a mixed gender teams like could that be an area and you have you know being sports illustrated you have monet davis um you know the champion of the teeny dragons and uh you know a, an american hero you could say so I'm wondering if maybe that's kind of the next, those two sports, you know, baseball and, and basketball might be next. And and don't discount the power of UFC and, and mixed martial arts. The, mm, the women sure. are making incredible names for themselves there and doing very well there. You know, I... SB Nation owns a couple big MMA blogs and, and, and the women it, are not you know, spoken of any differently as fighters on those blogs by by the real fans uh, as the, and the men are. So, you know, look out for UFC to kind of you know, make some inroads here. Anna, we got about we got about one more minute. 
Um, what do you got going on that you can play? Anything you want to plug, talk about, things you got coming up? I know you guys are getting an award from ESPN next week. Yeah, that the ESPN award is um, really, really exciting. It's going to be uh, next Tuesday, I believe, July 14th. Uh, it's the night evening before the ESPYs, I believe. And uh, it's, it's a, the Stuart Scott Award, which is, um, you know, knowing, you know, the history of, of Stuart and, you know, all the, um, you know, things he championed and, and what he stood for and what he meant to people, um, it's, it's a really humbling honor. So we're really excited about that. And, you know, just in general, we're just uh, keeping, you know, chugging along with our work and uh, trying to make the place, the world a better place, you know, for LGBT athletes. It's, uh, it's been a great uh, past few months as I've started this job. Well, I know that you also have got some stuff going on in Toronto with Pride House, and 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 I know that you've um, you've you've had a long relationship with Go Athletes, which are doing some great stuff. So, I really appreciate you coming on today. And Jim bailed on me, and I said, you know what? I know exactly who to call. Who to call. Oh, so, no, really appreciate is- you. I hope you get to. Oh, you're going to be in Toronto, right? I will be there. So, uh, will I get to see you then at the 519 Summit? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Awesome. Exactly. And I will. Yeah. I will be there. All right, well, well, thank you so much, Anna, for joining us. Uh, you can find them at youcanplayproject.org, right? Is that it? That's correct. I think that's it. Yep. That's it, all right. And find her on Facebook at Annalena Agonist. This is Sid Ziegler. We'll talk to you next week.